We are back here, the Wednesday night edition, the flagship show, some uh, some would say, of the Employment Hour. Phone lines, look at that, already open. We are just waiting to invite you in and join us on the show tonight. Of course, it is a call-in show. We uh, we love your input and your questions and your comments. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Talking about your employment rights, your workplace rights, your severance, your boss. All that stuff, if we have been for years and years, if you haven't caught it before, we do this Monday night, Wednesday night. We do the weekend shows as well and Employment Hour in 30. That happens on the uh, TV side, Global TV and CTV, respectively, on the weekend morning. So we are ready to go. we got a ton of emails to get through tonight. They've been piling up over the last few weeks, so Lior, I know you want to get through a uh, a bunch of those. In between the phone calls, again, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. And if you prefer, one 225 talk That is Toll free. Let's hopefully do a lot better tonight than the Raptors did last night. Eh? What's going on, pal? Yeah, thanks. I, pre- I appreciate that, Johnny. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, in any case, it, by the way, it wasn't last night. It was on uh, Monday Sorry. night. I guess but, it's, it's, uh, you know, the pain continues. <laughs> the pain does continue and shall continue for a while, but we're, yeah. we're back at it uh, tomorrow, so we'll be fine. Yeah. But glad to be here now again, despite uh, that, to talk about employment law and workplace rights that take my mind off the Raptors. We had a very busy show on Monday night here uh, and let's let's make this one even busier. Ask questions about your rights, your employment law uh, entitlements. They're good. I, I tell you right now, they're, your, your rights are good. They're extensive. Uh, you just need to understand what they are, and that's what we do here. That's what I do. And if you don't want to call our show for whatever reason, not a problem. Easy. Just call me at the office. Email me. We'll give you my contact information uh, a number of times throughout this show. Happy to always talk. I spend so much of my time probably more time than I do anything else, answering questions. So please, please bring them on. Week there was, let me talk about some situations that came across my desk just over the past uh, few days. Uh, Spoke with a a lady who had worked in a very small retail operation. Unfortunately, that uh, operation had recently gone through a number of Uh, break-ins. In broad daylight, uh, they were robbed. And one time she was actually there, and you know she uh, was put in a very uncomfortable situation. Obviously, she wasn't hurt. Thankfully, police were called, uh, but she she was becoming, for understandable reasons, uncomfortable at work. And she asked her employer, as she should have, as I would have told her to, to do something to increase safety, uh, you know, better security, better locks, something yeah. uh, that that would uh, allow her to be, feel safe at work because it was a traumatic experience for her to go through that uh, situation. Uh, well, the, this employer really didn't do anything. I'm assuming it was a money thing and, and hoped that this, these were two, uh, two one-offs and the issue won't happen again. Well, she was very frustrated, very stressed out, and that's when she called me. And she wanted to know what her rights are. Well, John, this is now an unsafe work environment. Mm-hmm. And an employer has an obligation to create a positive, a safe uh, work environment for its employees. And the proof is in the pudding. They had break-ins. She, she was subjected to a very dangerous situation. It's not hypothetical anymore. She has a right to refuse work in a situation where uh, the work is unsafe. She can get the Ministry of Labor to come in there and, and, and make some orders to make the workplace safer. She can't be penalized for refusing unsafe work. And she can also, if she wants, treat this, again, as a constructive dismissal. All roads lead back to constructive dismissal. By her employer not creating a safe workplace for her, refusing to do anything to make the place safer uh, and, and to protect her, she could treat her employment as being terminated. Remember, for everyone out there, you have a very basic right to work in a safe work yeah. environment. 
if anything changes. Maybe it's equipment that you're supposed to use that's unsafe. Uh, maybe it's because there's no security. What have you? If you're unsafe, you have a right to deal with that. Your employer has to fix the problem. Uh, you can leave with severance potentially. You can get the Ministry of Labor involved. You have mm -hmm. a lot of rights. You should never, ever work in an unsafe work environment. Any problems like that, you get on the phone like this lady did, call me, and I'll help you. Reach out is simple, one 821 5900 Email is help at employmenthour.com. But uh, here and now, you can call in and talk on this show. Ask your questions, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, one 225 talk That is toll-free. And uh, Maureen, first call of the, uh, the evening. Won't keep you hanging on any longer. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Thanks for taking my call, everybody. Sure, no worries. Yep. This is a bit of an odd one. The place where I work, we are no longer allowed to have anything at our desks, so we have to lock everything, our purses, our coats, et cetera, away. In the case of evacuation, and this has happened in the past, the staging area is several miles away. We are left with no access to our keys, to our wallets. We've got no, place to get to, no way to get to the evacuation. Mm. We're standing outside freezing in the wintertime, or today we were standing outside in the rain during a drill, and you know, we and we have no access to the things that we're going to need in a situation like that. Like we can't even get into our cars and drive away if we, if necessary. Excuse me. What kind of rights do we have in that kind of a situation? Wow, this is an interesting situation. I don't know that I've ever been asked this uh, exact specific question. Uh -huh. So let me. You know, this is a situation where common sense has to has to prevail. Uh, and yes, an employer does have the ability. To, to say, okay, you have to put your, your stuff here. As long as it's safe, you're right, you know, as long as it's not somewhere where it's going to get stolen uh, or, uh, you know, or somewhere where people can see what you have, then that they can put lockers. That's fine. Now, in terms of a, an evacuation, can you access your, your, uh, uh, your, your belongings? Well, generally speaking, in an evacuation, there's an obligation to kind of get people out of there as soon as possible, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, whether it's a fire alarm or what have you, even if it's just a drill. Uh, and, and so generally employers would say, no, you, you grab what you have and, and you go. Now, that said, uh, they can't prevent you from having some base, basic things at your, at your workstation, at your desk, you know, your, your keys, your jacket. That, I, that they have to allow. I mean, it's one thing to say, you know, if you have a, a, a big, huge purse, yeah, maybe you put that away. But if they refuse to allow you to have some basic essentials there, you know, your keys, come on. Nothing. Then yeah. no, that that is a problem. That is a problem. The, the thing is this: I, I would, I, I would be hesitant to get into a big fight with them over this. But if you feel strongly about it, it may be one of those things where I can send a letter and tell tell them that you know if you don't do this, you're going to be liable for any you know injuries that, that are caused, or potentially if you get uh, ill and have to miss work because of this. Uh, you know, I, I I can see that. I can see there be liability in that situation. You simply have to decide, Maureen, whether it's worthwhile to get into a bit of a dispute with your employer over this. Uh, I, I'm happy to send a letter on your behalf because, yeah, some reasonable things they should allow you to keep at your desk. Okay, I will keep that in mind. I may get in touch with you about that. Yeah, happy to talk to you again, uh, Maureen. Maureen, appreciate the call and to reach out to uh, help at employmenthour.com. Very simple. And 1-855-821-5900. More of your phone calls. Lines are wide open. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on cell. And one triple eight two two five talk that is toll free. Back to the second matter we were talking about for the other week. That was pal. What's going on? Yeah, another matter, Johnny. That uh, that I had to deal with. Uh, I believe this one actually was yesterday morning when I spoke to this person. 
So this gentleman, older gentleman, in his uh, in his late sixties, uh, worked for the same company for thirty years, had a great relationship. Boss loved him, loved the boss. Well, the boss retired, and uh, new owners came in, and the person that he is reporting to now, again, brand new person, uh, obviously doesn't necessarily appreciate there's such a thing as as laws in this uh, in this province, and started making comments to this person about you know about. Shouldn't you consider retiring uh, at your age? You know, can you really keep up with everyone else? Uh, You know, this is more of a young man's job. You know, how do you feel about about uh, having to work with people that are half your age? Wow! And this made him very uncomfortable, and and it's it's silly for an employer to to do this, and not to mention illegal. You cannot mistreat someone uh, or or and differentiate amongst people based on their age. It's illegal. So this person actually ended up being so stressed by it. He went on a stress leave, ultimately called me, and he wanted to know, what, what do I do here? Well, John, this is age discrimination. You cannot do that as an employer. Even though they haven't fired him, it was clear what they were doing. They were putting him in a very uncomfortable situation, trying to convince yep. him to leave because of his age. So what is that? That is a human rights violation. That is also a constructive dismissal. So you know they wanted him out of there. We'll get him out of there, except they're going to have to pay quite a bit of money in this particular situation. Uh, I told him, no, you don't need to go back there. You, need, you don't need to put yourself back in this environment. We'll pursue, the, well, pursue this as a human rights matter and a termination with, uh, with severance. And I wanted to re- remind everyone, employers and employees, no, it's not appropriate. We do have an aging workforce this uh, across the province, and that's fine. You are allowed to work until you decide not to, whatever the age is. There's no such thing as mandatory re- retirement. And if you decide to work past 60, 65, 70, that is good for you and that is your right. And your employer should never, ever penalize you, make you feel bad, threaten you, uh, make fun of you, what have you. If they do, the law is going to come down pretty hard on any employer, John, that does that. It's amazing if if you've ever doubted the uh, you know the fact that there's no mandatory retirement age. Just look at the medical community. I mean, how many doctors have you run into that were like retirement age when penicillin was invented? I mean, these guys work until their seventies, eighties, nineties. They love their gig and they don't have to retire, right? They do not have to retire. No one does. It, it is a personal decision. And not only do you not have to retire, if you do have physical limitations because of your age, your employer is under an obligation to accommodate those. So sometimes they may mean providing you some help, modify duties, uh, more flexible hours if needed. Uh, that is that is our system here. Those that may need help should be getting that help, and the employer has that primary obligation to provide that uh, that assistance and that support. I want to clear out the inbox. We'll get to a quick one here in our uh, first segment. Andrew writes in at uh, helpatemploymenthour.com, says, I'm on disability leave. And my employer has just been sold. Can I lose my LTD coverage, and what does it mean for me? Very good question. So once you're on disability, once you're on a disability Mm -hmm. uh, uh, plan, you're receiving benefits from a disability plan, you don't lose that coverage, even if you're let go, even if the business is sold. You're only going to lose that coverage if you stop being disabled So, or, or you turn 65. So no, the fact that the business is sold does not mean that uh, that you're you're losing your disability now unless you uh, you you heard otherwise uh, you should contact the employer the new company and find out to confirm that that from their perspective they took you on they took you on as an employee if they did then they inherited your seniority if they say to you what are you talking about we don't know who you are then you've actually been terminated you may not know about it but you've been terminated right. and the company that sold the business 
owes you severance. Okay, so they may have forgotten about you, quote unquote, because you're off on disability, but you're still an employee. So you may be owed severance, but this disability won't get impacted. If your employer won't pay you severance, if you find out you're out of a job, you need to call me right away. And at some point, if your disability coverage is cut off because maybe the insurance company is uh, trigger happy and thinks you should go back to work before you're ready, you better reach out to me as well at that point. That is uh, quite known to happen, but easily resolved. Take a short break, and we'll get right back to it. You want to reach out to Lior, by the way, when the show's not on the air. Uh, anytime, one 821 5900 It is help at employmenthour.com. But in the here and now, waiting for your phone calls. Bring them on. we got lots of time. Got open lines. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. 1-888-225-TALK. That is toll-free. Got questions about your job, your employment severance, just something you've always wondered, maybe given misinformation. Now is the time to call. Wednesday night edition of the Employment Hour continues. Global news radio the phone calls and you are always the uh, the priority greg thank you for hanging on fella how are you tonight i'm good thanks how about you we're uh, we're fantastic go ahead what's your question uh so my question is uh, i had surgery on my ankle recently and uh, i took about a week off for that um but when i came back i asked my boss if i can work from home and he said i can only work from home one day a week is that uh do they have a duty to accommodate or is, is what are my and, options there and how long you need to work from home for? It'll be till June, the beginning so, of June. So, so you want to be able to work every day from home until June? Uh, not necessarily every day, but uh, you know, at least when I need to or feel I need to. Okay. So, uh, did you provide anything to uh, for uh, from your doctor to your employer explaining that you need to work from home? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay, so it's quite simple. You need to get something from a doctor saying that you need the flexibility to work from home uh, as needed and that you, there may be days that you, you're not well enough to come in. And at that point, once you provide that from a doctor, that triggers the company's obligation to accommodate. So it's not necessarily you telling them, hey, I need you to help me out. It's you getting giving, uh, giving them something from a doctor. Once you do that, that's it. That's kind of game, set, and match. They have to do it. Uh, if they don't, that's a failure to accommodate. That's a very serious thing. So I'm I'm pretty sure as long as your doctor is specific about what you need, they'll have to do it. If they don't, get on the phone and call me at the office and I'll help you. But I highly doubt it's going to come to that, Greg, as long as you get something from a doctor. I see. Okay, thank you. You're the best. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Thanks, Greg. Appreciate that. Uh, to reach out, pal, 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. Still plenty of time for you to squeeze in your uh, your phone calls, your questions here, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and one 225 talk that particular route is uh, is toll-free. Back to another email as we continue the, uh, to clear out the inbox, pal. Steve writes in next. He says, I usually work around 50 hours of overtime a month, for which I get paid. My company just decided to hire another employee. So from now on, guess what? I got no overtime. Can they do this? Well, here's the thing. Anything that really impacts your compensation is something an employer is not allowed to do. Remember, when we're talking about changes to compensation, what, what words jump to mind? Constructive dismissal, right? That That's what we yep. think when your employer yes. changes compensation. So it doesn't just have to be reducing your salary or reducing your, your commission. If you're, you get regular overtime hours then and all of a sudden those hours are gone, well, what just happened? Your compensation got reduced. Your compensation uh-huh. is now different. So your employer doesn't have a right to do that. Now, I understand from the employer's perspective that it may be cheaper to hire another employee than to pay someone just a, a lot of overtime, 
irrespective of that, they can't just do that unilaterally. If you can count on these overtime hours, you can show that they're consistent, your employer can't take that away. So what you can do there is you can accept this new situation or you can treat that as a constructive dismissal. Now remember, if you treat this now as a constructive dismissal, your severance is going to be calculated based on your total compensation, which includes your overtime. On the other hand, if you you lose your overtime, and let's say a year later the company lets you go, you still get severance, of course, but now the severance is calculated on the basis of there not being overtime. So right, right there you lose on severance as well. So yes, changing your overtime, taking away your overtime, substantially reducing your overtime is something an employer is not allowed to do, and absolutely, John, can result in a constructive dismissal. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale, questions like that and many more. Get them on the line. We'd love to talk to you. one 225 talk That is toll-free. Get to uh, Vernon. Hey, Vernon, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Good. Yourself? We're, uh, we are excellent. What's, uh, what's your question, pal? I'm calling for my wife. She lost her job almost a year ago, about a year ago, and uh, it was part-time. Uh, she worked eight years there part-time. And uh, I wonder, if is there a severance package that she should have got? Absolutely. Are you telling me, Vernon, that she got nothing? Not a thing. Not a thing. Okay, well, let's break Not this a down thing. a bit. Uh, Vernon, uh, eight years, what was she doing there, and how old uh, was your wife at the time? This retailer, uh, retail. Uh, she's 53. Okay, and what was she making ballpark, just ballpark? Uh, well, that's the thing. She was working sometimes one day a week, sometimes two days a week, but most of it near the end of the, like last year, uh, it's probably one day a week, like six hours. Yeah, I got it. Okay, so where, she, where she before that it was like two days a week for let's say four or five years. I understand okay. completely. So she is absolutely entitled to overtime. She's going to be owed probably right around six months of pay, okay? About six months of pay is what I would assess her as being owed. Now, that's going to be, we probably would do a, a two-year average to see what she earns in, a, let's say, in a month. And, okay. you know, if she earns, I don't know, a thousand bucks, I don't know, whatever that is, uh, in a month, then we can calculate what, what six months is. She is owed overtime. Uh, and uh, that's not a complicated thing. And I'm glad you called because there's a lot of misconceptions about part-time yeah, employees yeah. oh no no they don't get overtime silly nonsense absolutely they get overtime calculated in the exact same way as any other employee so vernon give me a call i'll connect you with one of my colleagues who's a paralegal we'll, we'll help your uh, your wife it, it should only take a, a quick letter from us and we can get her what she's owed uh six months is probably what's at stake for her yeah she was making roughly i would say three thousand dollars a year give or take okay well That's you know, okay. Uh, then you know it's 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 not gonna be life changing, I guess. But you know, if if, if you're asking me if she's over overtime, she's absolutely over overtime. Uh, sorry, not overtime. Vernon. Reach severance. out. Severance. Yeah, severance rather. Yeah, yeah. Uh, reach out, Vernon. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmenthour dot com. Get to uh, Susan. Hey, Susan. Good evening. Hi. How are you? We are great. Uh, what's going on with you tonight? Uh, so my son had a workplace injury and uh, last July, and he's still kind of having complications. He tried to go back to work, and um, it wasn't. Uh, he wasn't able to. He had a um, an injury to his head, so he was having some issues with uh, focus and uh, migraines and concussion symptoms. So, um, just wondering, the WSIB is involved. What his rights are in terms of like, can he sue if he can't go back to work? 
and you know what are next up. So, so this is clearly uh, tied to a workplace situation that was caused by by his work. Correct. So, unfortunately, he could never sue his employer. Uh, if you're if you're injured uh, in the workplace in a workplace that's covered by WSIB, your only recourse is to claim benefits from WSIB. Uh, that that's that's the the whole plan. The whole purpose of WSIB is the employer pays into the plan. And in return, they get the protection that they can never be sued by the employee. Uh, so he, he could get potentially benefits for, for many years uh, if he needs it from WSIB, but that's it. He's limited to whatever remedies are available through WSIB, nothing that he can get directly from the employer. Remember, though, that his employer does have certain obligations to him in terms of accommodation. So if he can only go back on a modified basis with modified duties, they have to accommodate if you yeah, can only go like back that. with modified hours, reduced hours, yeah. they have to accommodate that. But in terms yeah. of paying him because of the injury, unfortunately not. Okay. Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate your help today. Thanks, Susan. Thank you, Susan. Appreciate that. And you have time as well. Again, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale and one 225 talk toll free if you haven't used it before severancepaycalculator.com find out exactly what you're owed before you uh, sign back any letter even before the phone call to Lior you can check out severancepaycalculator.com emails uh, help at employmenthour.com Leanne next up says my boss announced that uh, the company I work for is likely to shut down in the next year can I quit and get severance I get that often uh, when an employee is told your job is ending at a certain point in the future, whether because it's the business closing, there's a restructuring, or the company simply decides to let the person go. And no one likes to continue working when they know their their Mm -hmm. days are numbered there. No one, that's not comfortable, it's not convenient. Everyone would just rather leave, I'm sure. Well, despite that, despite how much sense that makes, if you leave before your last day, you've quit, you've resigned, and then you're not owed any severance. And you may think, well, that's strange. Why does? Why would that be the case? The only reason I'm leaving is because they told me I'm going to be out of a job in the future. Absolutely, I agree with you. But despite that, if you have a job until uh, September 1st and you resign in July or August or whenever, anytime before then, you've considered to have resigned, you've considered to have left your job and are not owed severance. Now, what's important to understand is if you get a termination date in the future, you still may be owed severance uh, at that point, if you if you make it to that date. So if you leave before then, you're walking away from severance entitlements. Now you can, you're, nothing's stopping you, of course. Legally, you're allowed to leave and quit whenever you want, but you're gonna be walking away from any termination and severance entitlements that you have. So you have to decide that. If you're not sure how much you may be owed at the end, you can go to severancepaycalculator.com, you can call me, you can decide what, what makes the most sense. But if you do leave yeah. before the end date, you're walking away from entitlements. Still plenty of time to call in, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, one 225 talk That is toll-free. Brian, up next. Brian writes, says, uh, I worked for a company for five years, then quit. A year later, they convinced me to come back. Three years later, uh, they just let me go. How much severance am I owed, if any? Very good question. And in in situations when you leave and come back, in most of those cases, uh, both terms of employment count towards your seniority. So if you're gone for uh, for a year, but you've worked a total of eight years, then you're really an eight-year employee. 
Now, it also depends how long the absence is. If you're, if you're gone one year in a span of 10 years, probably not an issue. If you're gone one year in a span of a year and a half, then, yeah, it's a, it's a big issue. So in this particular situation, yeah, I think especially when they recruited him to come back, they said, listen, we know you, you've worked here before, we want you to come back, and, and he was only gone for, for a short period of time relatively, then his full seniority counts. His Both terms count together, and that means when it's time to get severance, he gets more severance, because remember, one of the factors that go into deciding how, long, uh, how much severance you get is the length of your employment. The more employment you have, the more seniority you have, of course, the more severance you get. So remember, for everyone listening, you may not have worked at the company consistently. There may have been a, a gap in employment. Despite that gap, that gap potentially could be disregarded and you may have more seniority than you realize. That is very important when you lose your job, you may have credit, you may get credit for more than just your last term of employment and that could significantly increase your termination entitlements. Is there a, a limit to how big that gap can be and does it change depending on how far the first tenure was, how long you were there? Well, it, it it does matter, of course, how long the gap is, and there's no long and there's no fast and, and hard rule here. Right. Uh, it really we look at the total length of employment and compare that to the gap. You know, if if the gap is really a small fraction of the total length of employment, we can essentially disregard it. If it's a, a bigger portion, you know, then then we we won't disregard it. So that's really the only thing that matters. The other thing we may look at, John is uh, how did the employer treat the employee when they mm. when they brought him back? Did they treat him like a brand new employee, put them on probation, etc.? Or was there some sort of explicit or implicit uh, recognition of the past service? If the employer recognized essentially your past service, they, they said, you know what, for the purposes of vacation, we'll count you as a five-year employee. Well, right. they can't come back later and say, no, 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 you were a brand new employee when you came back. So uh, there's a lot of details that we need to look at, but in many cases, maybe most of these cases, when there's a relatively short gap, it can be disregarded. Um, you mentioned probation. Uh, before we get back to the phones, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Um, if you're coming back, should you be allowed to be put on probation? It doesn't make sense. You've been there before. Yeah, but you, you, you could be. Uh, I mean, I, I certainly think that you know, that would be something you'd want to negotiate out of it. Right, but right. if you left, uh, whether you quit or let go, and, and you you come back at some point later, you're you know the law doesn't doesn't uh, prohibit the company from putting you on probation. You wouldn't want to agree to it if you're the employee, because sure. if you agree to it, it's going to be harder to to say down the road that my that gap should be disregarded. I wasn't really a new employee when I came back. Well, mm -hmm. if you weren't a new employee, why did you uh, why were you put on probation? Right. So you shouldn't be mindful and negotiate these things. Uh, and goes back to what I always say, that an employment agreement is such an important document. So you're better off, as I said, in this situation, coming back on a handshake, no written agreement, no terms there that could potentially limit you down the road. By the way, if you have one and you want to get it checked out, or if you're an employer thinking of drafting one, get it done properly. Call the or in that regard as well, one 821 5900 But for the purpose of this show, you can call in and ask your questions. Uh, carte blanche. Uh, that is 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and one 225 talk toll free Cleaning out the old email inbox. Chip, you're up, says, I've been working from home for the last three years, my boss just told me that I have to start coming into the office two or three times a week. We've had phone calls like this. Uh, can they do that? Absolutely not. They can't. And oh. the ability to work from home is actually a very important term of employment. 
employees that uh, work from home will tell you that's probably the most important term of employment is, yeah, the ability to work from home. And if you have that, if that is a term of your employment, your employer doesn't have the ability to take it away. They can't change that. Now, what's interesting about these things is your employer doesn't have to allow you to work from home to begin with. So if you're working in the office, they, they don't, the employer doesn't have to say, okay, you can work from home. But if they do that, mm-hmm. despite not having to, if they let you and say, you know what, we like you, you can go work from home three days a week, four days, five days a week. Once they do that, they can't take it back. They can't say, well, now we've changed our minds. Now we want you to work in the office uh, some of the time or all the time. No, they can't do that. So in this particular situation with this email, no, if you're working from home, they cannot tell you to go uh, come back to the office uh, regularly uh, anymore moving forward. So what do you do? You tell them, no, I'm not doing it. And they can't physically make you. If you tell them you're not doing it, one of two things will happen. Either they'll back off or they'll potentially let you go. But if they let you go, they have to pay you your full severance. Right. So you, you, you can't be penalized. It's not cause. It's not insubordination if you refuse to come in. If the term of your employment is you work from home, that is your term of employment, and your employer cannot change that. You mentioned from the get-go, if they've never done it before, they don't have to let you work from home. That makes sense. But what if it's part of an accommodation or a medical thing where, you know, yeah. two or three days a week you got to work from home? Perfect. So if it's an accommodation, it's it's likely a time-limited thing. So, okay. you, you know, I'm injured. I need for the next six months accommodation to allow me to work from home. Okay, fine. We're going to allow you to do that. Okay, now you're better. Now you can go back to work uh, at, at the office. Now, if the accommodation has to be permanent, then the employer may have to do that. So, again, depending on the situation, your employer may or may not be able to uh, require you to come back. Nice. We'll get to uh, Rick now. He is next up on the phone lines. Hey, Rick, good evening. How are you, pal? I'm doing good. Thank you. Beauty. What's uh, what's going on with you? Uh, quick question. Uh, I, I work, uh, basically, I have a work vehicle from uh, my company. Uh, work from home. I go to the office once. A week, maybe once a month. Um, do I get paid from door to door, or yeah. is it only? I do I only get paid when I uh, reach the Walk job. Through the door. Yeah. So, so are you talking when you go to the office or when you go to a customer? Say. Well, no. Basically, uh, so I, I uh, when I leave leave my house, I go uh, to work, and I only go to the office. Uh, right now, it's once a week, but pretty soon it's going to be once a month. So you're talking specifically about that once a month. When does your day start? Uh, my day starts at seven o'clock every morning. No, no. Okay, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I understand your question. Are you asking about uh, when does your day start on that one day when you go to the to the office or the other four days? No, the other four days. But, but what do you do the other four days? Are you working from home? Uh, no, I actually uh, go. I'm in telecommunications, and uh, I actually drive to uh, whatever job site I'm working at. I see. Then, then, then your day starts. Uh, and I, I take it you you have a vehicle, company vehicle with some equipment in there. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Then the, your day starts when you leave the house, because you're not just commuting. You're actually bringing stuff that you need for the job. So, so your day actually starts, and they sh- you should be paid from the day you leave the house, not just when you get to the to the to the work location. And is it the same way on the way back, or? Yes, it's the same way on the way back as well. Absolutely. Because you have to take that equipment back, right? So, so you have to go. Is that now what your employer is doing? Uh, no, I'm like uh, it was seven years now, and I've never been paid for that. Yeah, well, that's not right then. And, and so, 
potentially uh, they, they could owe you significant compensation moving back. You could go back potentially two years. For this, actually, the best advice I can give you is to file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor. They can help you uh, get an order for unpaid wages for the last two years and order your employer moving forward to pay you based on, on, on the proper way uh, with the travel time. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank thanks, you. Rick. Appreciate that. Going to move on to uh, to Peter. Hey, Peter, thanks for hanging on. Good evening. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so my story is I started working for a company from 1983 to 1991. Uh, most of those years were in the union with a union pension plan. And then the last four months I was offered salaried employment as a supervisor, which I took. Subsequently, at the end of the four months, the company was wound up and everybody was out of work. So I got my salaried portion of my pension contribution um, and I got a severance from the salaried people, salary continuance and uh, job search help. But the union portion of the pension was never offered to me or anything and I'm wondering am I still entitled to that? Uh, the company still does exist at a different location. With well, a different how long union. ago was that, Peter? Uh, 80, 83 to 91. Unfortunately, you can't do anything. Yes, you would have absolutely been entitled to it, but you, you cannot pursue that now. It's It's been too long. Too there, would be, yeah. there would have been a, a two-year limitation period. Okay. Uh, back then, there would have been probably about a, a seven-year limitation period but because the law changed. But either way, you, you'd be out of time now. Yeah. So, uh, so no, unfortunately, you would have been entitled to it. I, I wish there was something I could do, but be, given the time, how long it's passed, uh, yep. there, there'd be nothing you can do right now. Understand. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, pal. Appreciate uh, appreciate the call. Moving on to Rick. Hey, Rick. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, I worked at a, a diamond mine uh, in, in uh, Fort McMurray, and um, I got a contractor. But for 2006, I was uh, I started, but I was working like 50, 60 hours a week, sixty dollars an hour. They built up to. So uh, then they just said, my boss said a month ago. We no longer need you, whatever. And I got my last paycheck, and it was just vacation pay or whatever. Um, am I, like, entitled to severance, or I'm a contractor, right? So No, you're not a contractor, my no. friend. If you work for all these years and you, you work essentially full-time hours, you are an employee. You couldn't be more of an employee if you try to be, okay? So oh, you're owed like severance. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who paid your tax. It doesn't matter even if you had your own company, right? It, it's substance over form. So not only are you owed severance, you're probably owed north of a year's pay. A year's pay. Now, uh, uh, you worked in uh, Fort McMurray, Alberta, right? Yes, in Alberta. Yeah, so what I what I could do if you want, you can, you want to reach out to me off air, I can connect you with a good lawyer in Alberta to help you. That's not a complicated situation, uh, and, and Rick, you'll be able to get severance. Of course you're owed severance. It's a very common situation of being misclassified uh, as a contractor when you're really not. So don't walk away from this. You'd be, you'd be almost silly to reach out to me, and I'll connect you with someone good in Alberta. That's good news, because he said you better he, he said you better walk away from this or you... Like, or you'll be sorry. We got lawyers and all this crap, right? No, they have a lawyer. No, doesn't matter. This this will resolve so fast their head's going to spin. So don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. 
Thanks, Thanks Rick. Thanks. Appreciate that. Here's the uh, the number to uh, to reach out and then reach out again. It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Just the little cherry on top of that was the threat. That was great. <laughs> we have lawyers. Be careful. Wow. Nonsense. Silly. Yeah. Silly, silly, Absolute silly. nonsense. There's a classic example though, after you just explained what's going on and he said, no, 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 but I'm a contractor. I'm a contractor. You know, it, it, people don't know. That's why we well, do this but, show. But if you think about it, John, he believes he's a contractor. He's he's paid his taxes as a contractor. Right. His 14 years, 13 years, he thought he was a contractor. And I'm just telling him, no, no, that was wrong. Well, it's hard to believe and digest that. But it's true. If you have a regular job, 13 years, full-time hours, give me a break. Of course he is an employee. I see this every day. I see this so many times. People being misclassified. So, by the way, we haven't even touched on other things. He could be owed overtime. He could be owed vacation pay. Forget yeah. just severance. I mean, there could be a whole load of entitlements that could, he, he could be owed there. A very common situation. If that happens to you, if you're ever in that situation, when you think you've been misclassified, you probably are. You want to reach out to me. It's amazing, too, because I think at the end there, he worked himself up to 60 bucks an hour. So that's going to be one sweet severance package. My yes, gosh. It, it would be. It's a lot of money. No wonder the company's trying to scare him for, off from pursuing it because they're going to have to write one big check. But, hey, you the law it. is the law. The law, law applies the same to everyone. You don't get to circumvent the law uh, because you're, you're a bully. It doesn't work that way. Good for another night. You didn't get to uh, call in, didn't have time. That's no problem. You can uh, reconvene on the weekend. We have our two shows there. You can call your anytime, one 821 5900 Of course, help at employmenthour.com is the email I'll be giving you out through the night. Always check your rights. Always check how much you wrote, even if you're working a diamond mind or otherwise. It's a gem of a job. Sorry, I had to say it. Uh, severancepaycalculator.com would be the resource for that. And we are back on the weekends, of course, Saturday and Sunday morning with Employment Hour and 30 on Global TV and CTV as well. Don't go anywhere on on point with Alex Pearson is on the way next right here. Global News Radio.